Thank you, Plasters, for tuning in to Money Talks, Bullshit Walks. This is part two of a series of Breezing Through the 80s. Uh, this is Joe Willard, subbing in for Pete Burson. We have Mike Freeman on the line, and we're going to go right into a story of the Philadelphia Journal and take you through a lot of sports stuff for this segment. This is part two, and stay tuned for part three. Let me just tell you one thing. Um, they... Um... You know, in the true tabloid tradition, they loved uh, plays on words and headlines. So one night at the Pen and Pencil Club, which was the after hours nightclub for journalists, uh, it was up on, um, and I think it's still there, 17th or, or 16th and um, it's between Locust and Walnut, whatever that, Latimer. La- yeah, and Latimer. I think, yes, it's still there. So... Um, People were there and you used to go there after work and they were up until four in the morning or something like that. And you could unwind after work. Well, one night a guy um, who worked at the Inquirer, who was still there, I won't identify him, got a load on and he came outside and there was a police car sitting there um, on the sidewalk and the the cops were not in the car, but the window was open of the car. So (laughs) this guy proceeds to pee right into the window from the sidewalk. Like he just emptied everything he had onto the the passenger side seat, front seat of the police car. So the journal's headline, and this guy was a copy editor who, you know, someone who wrote headlines. And um, the, uh, the journal's headline the next day was um, copy editor, inky copy editor uses wrong head. Head was short for headline. <laughs> So, and the guy got arrested um, that, you know, they, the cops came back as he was in the act and he got arrested. Well, you know, I don't want to say anything, but, you know, Philadelphians, especially in ver- various events are really not they're They, they don't just use urinals. Uh, I've seen things. I saw some things at the vet, which, which could, could, uh, that's, yeah, you can't compare. Yeah. Cause it was a mess. I was in training, Joe, you don't know. Yeah. Some things happen at the vet that probably are best left. Well, um, when we, when we get a little further on, uh, into the early nineties, we'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> so, um, it, we're getting into 81, but before, before that, uh, I think a lot of podsters don't know um, that the Sixers didn't exist until 67, 60, 66, or 67. Uh, the Sixers were then the Philadelphia Warriors, and I don't remember why, but they moved to San Francisco. Uh, and they are the Warriors, and they're the Warriors that are now the great basketball team. Did you say the 57 or 67? I, well, I think the Sixers moved maybe before 67. or the Way Warriors. before, because they, they won the NBA in 67 with Wilton, right. Lucius Jackson, and those guys, right. Hal Greer. And, right. Yeah. That, before that, Wilt went to, to San Francisco, and then he came back. I don't remember exactly how he came back. But they, that's it. But the Sixers didn't exist. Then there was a team called, I believe, the Syracuse Nationals. And Syracuse, somehow, the, the NBA maneuvered it. And they came down to Philly and became the 76ers. 
who played in the Spectrum when they first opened them in the Flyers. But the thing that we should remember, and I'm sure you do, but if you don't, I understand, that when they were playing there, the roof blew off the Spectrum at <laughs> 67. So now you've got the backdrop for uh, why they moved, which I think was financial, and they did fix the roof. So let's move on to, to uh, 81. Uh, and any anything that strikes you about 81, Mike? Well, that was the um, the year the journal went down. But um, the, the story about Pierre Pelado was that um, he was the publisher of the journal. And uh, one night there was a big, big story. I forget what it was. And they said, we better call Pierre because we need extra space in the paper to cover the story. So they call Pierre, who was in Philadelphia at the time. And the as the story goes, he said, he picked up the phone and he said in his French accent, I cannot be bothered right now. I am with a prostitute. And he hung up. <laughs> he was on the clock, you know, he's working. <laughs> sort of like Zoom. So, yeah. So he was, uh, anytime you read, he died um, sometime, I don't know, 15 years ago. But anytime you read anything about him, the word brash always comes up right before his name, the brash publisher. He he had a he had the leading paper or the second leading paper in Montreal um, as well, but he never made it in Philadelphia. And um, right that so they went down in at the end of '81. Two months later, the Bulletin died. The Philadelphia Bulletin, the right. the um, oh, wow. uh, the the afternoon newspaper right. that we all grew up with. And you know, their remember their slogan on the front page. Nearly, Nearly everybody, everybody reads the bulletin. Oh. Yeah. Well, on the, the last issue that they published, it was nearly everyone read the bulletin. Hmm. They changed it. And um, they went down. And uh, the day it was announced that they were going out of business, which, which everyone sort of knew was inevitable, um, I got sent over there to, to talk to everyone in the newsroom for a story. And um, I remember writing that, um, in, in the story I, I wrote for the next day, I said, so-and-so was at his desk as usual, working the phones. And somebody from the bulletin called me up and said, no, that was not usual for that guy. He's the laziest guy here. That, that was actually, that was actually unusual for him. Um, and, uh, it was, it was sad, like to see the bulletin go, but mm -hmm. it, it had been done in by the Enquirer, and um, to a lesser extent, the Daily News. But it, afternoon papers had a real hard time surviving. Yeah. Well, also in 81, there was a movie filmed here, uh, Blowout, uh, with uh, Nancy Allen and John Travolta and John Lithgow. I think Travolta played like a sound effects guy for a horror movie. <laughs> and then he, he comes across uh, an out of a, you know, a car that was out of control, that uh, drives into the river. I think it was into the shore kill. And uh, he jumps in and he saves Nancy Allen. And there was something about a governor in the car found dead. You know, it goes on from wow. there. It made 13 million. Um, I thought it made more, but it, it too was not Shakespeare. Well, that was a lot of money back then. 13 million, big. Was it any good? 
No, not, they're not going to resurrect it as a modern classic. <laughs> um, Travolta was, was uh, riding high back then, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's that was a vehicle for John Travolta. I don't remember whatever happened to Nancy Allen. Maybe Nancy Allen. Wasn't she in um, one of the um, one of the um, Harrison with Harrison Ford um, as yeah. the archaeologist? Oh yeah, you're yeah. Wasn't she in one of those? I might be thinking of someone else, but uh, there's yeah. Kate Capshaw. You may be thinking because there's still that same type of curly blonde hair woman. Oh, yeah, I am thinking of somebody else. Karen, I somebody saw that movie last week. That's the only reason why I. Indiana Jones. She was not Robo a true cop. Parent. She was in RoboCop. All right, oh. if you say so. They didn't film that Class. here, though. So, uh, in 81, uh, the Sixers were 58 and I think 24. And Billy Cunningham, the kangaroo kid, was the coach. Uh, and he he was originally from, from Brooklyn. And, of course, that was b before Brooklyn somehow became cool. Uh, it was just Brooklyn. Uh, and uh, Brooklyn got cool because the rent were lower than the Manhattan. Uh, but they were they had a pretty good team. Um, of course, they lost to the Lakers in the finals again, and they had Magic Johnson, uh, who should Ben Simmons should be play should play like. <laughs> uh, I think you mentioned them. And, and the 81 fightings, I think, made the playoffs, and they lost to the Montreal Expos, uh, who moved the franchise to Florida, and they became the Miami Marlins, and then they became the Florida Marlins. I think they have an aquarium in their, in their stadium. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> but their attendance was COVID-like before COVID. Uh, <laughs> So was wait, Pete, was Pete Buchanan on that 81 team? He may well have been. He may have been the shortstop. Yeah, he he was just as bad a player as he was a manager. Except against the Phillies. Exact well, of course. Of course. Uh did uh who who was I don't remember who coached the Flyboys then. Uh, I, I think it was Pat Quinn and he got fired in the middle of the season because they should have been better than they were. That sounds right. Joe, do you remember anything about 82? The year? Well. The, the Flyers? Or, or, yeah, or any outstanding story that. Actually, it was Bob McCammon. Oh. Was uh, and they won 49 games that year. Still had Bill Barber and Bobby Clark. Right. Uh, and didn't Lindbergh, wasn't, didn't he come up for like a cup of coffee? Uh, right? Pelly Lindbergh? Yeah. That I don't remember. Well, go to Google for God's sake. We got time. Lost to the <laughs> stinking Rangers in the semis. Paint. Uh, that is then, I think 82 uh, was an NFL strike year. I'm not positive. press conference uh, and, and they also played at the vet um, and we'll get as I said we'll we'll just leave the vet alone for later days. Uh, Wait Pete do you remember Vermeil's going away gift to us? 
I, I do not, but I, I'm sure you do. He drafted two tight ends in successive rounds in the, his Vito last Cab? draft. Was Vito, Vito Cab, Cab and Lawrence Sampleton. Oh, man, they were big. They were yeah, big. thanks a lot, Dick. Uh, but Dick, Dick, Dick he did come back uh, in another life, uh, and he coached the St. Louis Rams, uh, and they won the Super Bowl, and, from, and they were in St. Louis. Uh, as I recall, they had a really explosive offense, and they were called the greatest show on turf. Yeah, so that's 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 what I remember. Um, the '82 Phillies uh, they also played at the Vet, and the fans were toilet trained for Phillies games. <laughs> Carlton won 20 games uh, and his fourth Cy Young with that death ray of a slider. One day we'll explain to the podsters how the pots, how the slider became the pitch. Uh, Schmidt hit 35 home runs and Pat Corrales, Joe, you remember him. Third base, uh, right? Third base. He was their manager. <laughs> they didn't I make remember him like it was yesterday. They didn't make the playoffs. Now, Pete, 83 was a banner year. Yes. That, um, the Sixers won the championship, oh, yeah. the NBA oh, yeah. championship. And Pete, if you remember, we were out that night. Spontaneous celebrations erupted around the city. And we said, this is the night the brothers love Whitey. And it was true. It was true. Everyone got along that night, anywhere in the city. It was truly um, brotherhood for well, one I've, night. I've seen it twice in the la in this decade, uh, or in the last 10 years, I should say, not in this decade. I saw it the day after the Eagles won, and I saw it last Saturday when <laughs> they called the vote for Joe Biden. And Uncle Joe had won, and Philly put him over the top. And I never saw it like that. I, I, I saw people cheering mailbook, mailbook mail trucks. And um, that, was, that was something else. And, of course, in 83, they won uh, because they got Moses Malone, uh, who was another guy who came to the NBA uh, from high school. Uh, may he rest in peace. Um, and they had that other, the other members of the team. They had Bobby Jones. And, of course, they had Andrew Tony, who was known as the Boston Strangler, because he always just killed the, the Celtics. Um, and Moses had a saying. It was called Fo Fo Fo, which meant that the three series that they were going to play to get to the championship uh, and win it was 4-4-4. Four, four, four. And it turned out to be four five four, which uh, I'm given to understand was a number that was played throughout the throughout the city. Um, <laughs> Moses played under the basket bully ball, sort of like Joel Embiid should, but he doesn't. <laughs> uh, that that uh, do you have any other uh, breaking news from '82 that that uh, that you recall? Well, you talking to me? Yeah, or Joe. Well, we're now in 83. Oh, well, if we're up to 83, then forget about the rest of 82. Because the Sixers won in 83. 
Right. And I'm sorry. I, I, we were um, we were out on Broad Street with brooms. Right. For the sweep, even though it was four sweep. five four. Who did they lose the five to? Or the I think, the. I think Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, boy, the Sixers were so good that year. Um, Great obviously. Team. Great team. And I was in Connecticut watching that last game, sitting in a bar outside of uh, New Britain, Connecticut. Only Philadelphia guy supporting that team that night. Um, yeah. So, but it, in 83, uh, Trading Places was filmed here. And again, that was not Shakespearean stuff either. But <laughs> it, it was pretty funny. Eddie Murphy, Jamie Lee Curtis, Don Amici, Ralph Bellamy. And I think the way it went was that Bellamy and Amici uh, were really rich brothers who uh, they wanted to conduct some sort of a social science uh, experiment uh, that if people were evened out, uh, the playing field financially, et cetera, uh, the people who were then currently poor would do better. Uh, and that was the bet. Um, and it made a lot of money. Uh, and uh, interestingly enough, as I recall, Elmer Bernstein uh, did the score. And Bernstein won a lot of awards for, for scoring movies and TV shows. He did Killing Kill a Mockingbird, Magnificent Seven. And, and the movie. And one was, of the greatest movies of all time. Which was? Animal House. Oh, well. <laughs> that is. That's a, a modern classic. And, and Ghostbusters. And Airplane. Man. Wow. We've been working Google. Uh, and, uh, but the movie did make about 90 million. And uh, that, it, was a, it was a pretty big hit. Wow. Eagles, Those are some good movies. The Eagles did not make the playoffs that year. No. Who was the coach? I think it was. Um, Swamp Fox. Mar yeah, Marion Campbell. You know oh, who the buddy. wide receiver coach was? The coach? Wide receiver coach. Uh, wow. It would be no. that Tom Coughlin from the New York Giants. Oh. Oh. Old red ass. Old man, red man. ass. <laughs> yeah. Well, trash and trivia is going as far. I mean, we're doing all right. Um, and Mike Quick, I think, was uh, new to the team. And you can still hear him doing radio broadcasts uh, as a color commentator with the great Merrill Reese. Um, but they finished last in the division, uh, and they were a pretty bad team in 83. <laughs> uh, so uh, in 83, the Phillies went to the World Series uh, and played against the Orioles. Yeah. And – uh, Corrales started off as the manager, but they fired him. And the guy who fired him was a guy, it was Paul Owens. Paul, Pope Paul, as everybody knew him. Uh, he's, he became the manager. And of course, uh, Schmidt hit another 40 home runs. Uh, and I think their best pitcher at that point was a guy by the name of John Denny. And Denny was... He was, afraid, he was not afraid to throw the ball inside to, to move people off the plate. I think he was pretty much a head on her. I don't know if that's the way you guys remember him. Yeah, he was a miserable guy. They had um, – That's the way I recall it. They had a, they had a pretty good squad that, 
that year. Um, I mean, they got to the series, but then they got beat. Did they get? Did they win a game in that series? I think they won the first game and then lost the lost the rest. I think they um, won. I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, that team I, featured the great Von Hayes. Yes, five for one. And, um, you know. That year, um, 83, we had a transit strike that year. Yes, we did. It was um, back in the days when the TWU actually wielded some power, unlike now. The transit uh, workers union. Yeah, it was, um, I forget how long it lasted, but it was quite a long time. Um, I, yeah, it lasted a while. I, I can remember having to walk uh, a couple times uh, for a pretty good uh, stretch of, of land, so to speak, down Broad Street, because the subway didn't work, and of course the buses weren't running. I don't remember exactly how long that strike lasted, but it, I don't remember how it, uh, how it ended up. I, I think the strike was purely over wages. I don't know, maybe you remember, Joe, do you remember anything? Yeah. There were some work rule things that the union was objecting to like um, working like yeah like working it went months it wasn't weeks it was months and uh yeah. it caused a lot of a lot of heartache i i don't remember much about it other than it was a long lasting one and whoever was heading up the TWU at the time was powerful but i can't remember who it was so um but 83, clearly the high point of 83 was that spring when the Sixers won the championship. Won the championship. The Flyers yeah. didn't have a bad year that year either. Um, Bob McCammon was still their coach. I think they lost. They, they went pretty far into the playoffs. Kelly uh, uh, Lindbergh was, you know, he was starting to come into his own. And they had Bobby Clark and, and uh, Daryl Sittler. And believe it or not, both, well, Sittler made it into the Hall of Fame. Of course, everybody knows that Clark did. Um, but they yeah. didn't have such a bad year. Oh, they had a great team there. Mark Howe was on there. Um, Pullen, Dave Pullen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Joe, you sound even, like... Even I know about him. What do you know about him? Only his name. Oh, well, and 84, is there anything, did, did, they, did, did Philadelphia hold the uh, National Democratic or Republican Convention in 84? 84? Um, no, we had the GOP convention here in that decade, but I don't think it was 84. We'll have to look at that. One thing I, I remember about 84 was the end of the Reading Terminal as a, um, as a, as a working train station. Um, you go in the Reading Terminal now, it's hard to remember that trains used to come in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was, was, was the market, the market wasn't what it is now, but was there a, a market in there except for like a, a Oyster House, Pearl's Oyster place? Was yeah, I think, I think there were a few booths, but nothing like it is now, like you say. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it's got a lot of good stuff in there and there when before the virus, a lot of a lot of people from out of town would go there um, and uh, eat because it's such a great place 
and you could eat anything. You could buy fresh stuff. I don't know what's going on there now. Yeah.